Good morning, friends. This is a very special day because we're going to be recognizing some people like Theophel Rugabera that you just uh, saw there, some very generous people. And, you know, this month we're talking about the generous life in our sermon series. And, and I believe that uh, a spirit-led life is a generous life. Let me share with you from 2 Corinthians chapter 9, beginning in verse 6. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through your generosity uh, will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Now what Paul was describing there is a generous life. And generosity is a characteristic of the spirit-led life. When we serve, when we give, when we use our gifts and talents and time uh, to further the kingdom of God, that is living the spirit-led life. That is the generous life. And I believe that God has caused our church to be a generous church because there are so many generous people within this body. We have done much to help people benevolently in our community and within our own congregation. There are, again, some very generous people here, not just with their finances, but also with their energy and effort and talents and time. We also, because of that generosity, are able to support many mission points around the world. Uh, Locally or domestically, we support ministries like the Carolina Pregnancy Center, Campus Christian Fellowship, Mid-Atlantic Christian University, Roanoke Christian Camp, and 86 Hunger. But we also support global ministries like Central India Christian Mission, Togo Christian Mission, 
Pioneer Bible translators in Indonesia, and Rwanda Challenge, of course, in Rwanda. And Rwanda Challenge will be our focal point this morning. Rwanda Challenge has been focused on helping to train church leaders over the years. Frank Reynolds, after his retirement from leading a church, um, believed that God was calling him to begin this ministry of helping church leaders in Rwanda. So when I first went there in October of 2016, that was our effort. We would go for a week or two and we would teach and train 40 to 50 church leaders uh, and help them come to a, a deeper understanding of biblical principles and biblical truth. But several years ago, the government of Rwanda made some changes that our team will talk a little bit more about in a, in a moment. Frank also asked if I would approach our church uh, several years ago uh, with this need to see if we would have anyone who would be willing to volunteer to come to Rwanda and help prepare these church leaders for the changes that were coming. And I agreed, and that following Sunday, I got up and, and I gave that challenge. And immediately, I had people saying, I will go. And I felt, you know, the, you know, the generosity of spirit just to say, I want to do that. I'm willing to take my time and my efforts and my energy um, to do this. Jennifer Parker, I think, was the very first one to say, I'm going on this trip. And then she started recruiting others. And uh, along with Jennifer, we had Victoria Bishop and Travis Taylor and Jonathan and Sabrina DeWald and Carly Hardison from the Plymouth Church uh, went with us. And uh, Katie McKinney was going to go, but because of some health reasons, she wasn't able to go on that first trip. Tammy Bishop pulled all her teaching materials together, and uh, off we went. And that was our first trip as a team to Rwanda. Since then, Katie McKinney was able to go on the next trip, and Erica Dawson and Wes Bishop and Tammy were able to go as well. This year, Tammy and Wes and their daughter Victoria, as well as Michael Pittman, will be traveling uh, to Rwanda. And if you guys want to come on up uh, and join us, Michael, you come, I think Michael might be backstage. Uh, come on out and take a seat on these benches for a moment. Um, so this is, these are some very generous people. Give them a hand as they come up. This is uh, Team Rwanda 2022 that we have here, uh, and following what they're going to share with you, uh, we will have Jennifer Parker come out and share a little bit about Africa Hope Initiatives U.S., um, and, uh, and you've already met the leader of Africa Hope Initiative uh, in Rwanda, uh, Theofel Rugabera. Um, before I leave, I want to share with you some thoughts that Frank Reynolds wanted me to share about this group and about our church. And uh, if you guys would just give me a second, I'm gonna share this with them. Uh, these, this is a quote from Frank, uh, the, uh, the one who began Rwanda Challenge. Greetings to my old and new friends of Christ Church. I'm not sure who he's talking about being old, but um, uh, as I think about the blessings of Christ Church and what you have meant for Rwanda Challenge, first I want to express praise to God. 
He is the one who promised that he would provide more than we ask or imagine. He has been faithful to his promise, but in his provision, he has used Christ's church to bless Rwanda Challenge and his church in Rwanda. When Rwanda Challenge began a decade ago, I had no idea the obstacles we would face. In the first decade, it was a blessing to have Tim and, of course, his friend Winfred join us in equipping church leaders in Rwanda. But as we closed out that first decade, laws had changed in Rwanda. Now, to be a legal preacher, Rwandans need an accredited associate degree in Bible theology. Partnering with Mid-Atlantic Christian University is a significant step, but only part of the answer. For Rwandan students to get into an accredited program, they will need computer skills and pass an English proficiency exam. Then Matthew asked me to help the Rwandan students get oriented by teaching college success and to use the Moodle platform. Now, I'm telling God, if you want me to teach the Bible, let's do it. But I don't speak no good English. <laughs> and I don't even know what a Moodle is. And God said, I have a couple in Greenville, North Carolina, who do this every day. Tammy has a doctorate in English and heads a department that helps students with English and computer skills. Her husband, Wes, is a professor who is experienced in using Moodle for his courses. Then I will put a team around them who will assist in preparing Rwandan students for the college program. And so I say, thank you, God, and thank you, Christ Church. It's no exaggeration when I express the huge a difference the generosity and sacrifice of Christ's church are making in Rwanda. Thank you, God, and thank you, Christ church. And let me say thank you to this wonderful team of people who are uh, committing themselves to go and help these students uh, be prepared for this very important work. Uh, you're setting a great example of generosity, and you're setting an example of what it means to be spirit-led, and we look forward to hearing what you guys are going to do. So, Tammy, I'm turning the reins over to you. You're in charge. As usual, Frank took a little bit of what I was going to tell you in his letter, but that's okay. Um, just one correction to that. I do have a doctorate, but it's in developmental studies administration, which is a little bit of what I want to talk about. Um, with being a legal pastor, number one, they had to get an accredited okay. um, degree. And in order to do that, Frank needed to find out a way for them to pay for it. And so in order to pay for it, he teamed up with Mid-Atlantic Christian University, which we sponsor already. And they are offering the degree for free to students through the Moodle platform and through online courses but the students need to be taught in online how to take use the computer and take an online course. The other thing is Rwanda requires all higher education to be taught in English. Therefore, the students need to learn how to speak English, write English, um, pass an English proficiency exam in order to get into the accredited university. So when 10 in, I think it was 2020, put out the call to go, I was like, um, 
teaching English is what I oversee every day. My day job is I'm the department chair of developmental education at Wayne Community College, and I oversee math, English, and study skills. Well, we wrote our own textbook, so I oversee with the English um, instructors how to write a textbook on teaching students English. And so when Tim put out that call, I was like, oh, they need the curriculum? All I have to do is download it from my computer. Um, we had to do a little bit of changes because we had to less Americanize some of the examples, um, but we made the changes and the team, the first team that went, we met like every week um, just going over what was in this textbook and how to teach it. And as I tell every new teacher, the first time you do it, it's not going to come out the way you want it to come out. Um, so what, what I asked them to do is I said, when you go, take notes and tell me what did not work. And so we, they came back, told me what we didn't, didn't work. And then in May of 2021, we took the second team. And so the second team went and we had um, a couple from Virginia join us and they were teaching computer skills. I was privileged with, along with Wes and Frank, that course that Frank um, talked about teaching was the very first course with the very first cohort, which from the first team, three people passed the English proficiency exam. And so we started the first cohort of students with three students and I was privileged to be one of the instructors for the very first class um, teaching college student success which is what I teach every day um, and what I do so we were able to teach that face to face and then Frank taught the class um, with the third team that went for the second cohort and the second cohort had 11 students in it and they just started this past January and you know Frank was saying he couldn't use Moodle. Well, because I had taught it before and we, we worked with Bain Angles at um, MacU, Wes and I were able to get permission to the Moodle course. And so we uploaded all the videos and all the teaching and all the PowerPoints. So all Frank had to do was plug and play that week and talk. And so he, he was very happy. And, and Frank is a great Bible teacher because part of that course was teaching um, Bible part and the history of Matthew. And we're like, Frank, you got to do this one. And he stood up there and we're like, good, we make a great team because you can teach that part and we can teach the other. And so um, from team number two, we came back and had our debriefing and found out we needed to add phonics. So team three, like I said, went in January, and then we're going with team four. Team four is an interesting team. It'll be the four of us will be arriving along with the assistant director, Scott McLennans. And, um, we leave May the 11th, and so we'll be arriving over there May the 12th. And we will be teaching English and computer proficiency again. Um, we're going to try something a little bit different this time since Michael's gone. He's the piano player. We're going to take songs with us and we're going to take the words with us and sing the songs in English and then teach them um, what the words mean since they have some storylines to them. So we're going to try just something a little bit different um, than hammering them over the head again with um, nouns and verbs and adjectives and all that, that good stuff. Um, but this team will involve um, people from Hungary, Houston, 
Virginia, and they'll all be arriving at different times. And so in all of that, I just wanted to say before I let them talk, when Tim put out the plea, I knew I wanted to go, but as a community college instructor in November, it's not the best time to go and leave your job. Um, but I knew that I could help with the curriculum, and so that's what we did. And then we went May last year, and we're going May again this year because that's actually um, our break in between, so we're able to go. But I really felt privileged because um, this was a way I felt that God could use what I do every day. Um, I've always been involved in missions. That's always been important to my family. My parents took me on my first mission trip when I was 12 years old. Um, so traveling has not really been an obstacle for me or something that fear because I've always gone. But I'm really excited to return to this and, and be a volunteer and do this because this is something that I do and I have felt called to do um, is teach and now I get to teach around the world. I shared what I was doing with a group of instructors at um, an organization that I was in, and I'm stepping down from a role that I played in that organization. I said, I have to step down because my priorities are shifting a little bit because I'm, I wanna focus a lot on AHI and I'm going to teach um, developmental English uh, in Rwanda, and they're all like, oh my gosh, it is international. People everywhere do need to know how to learn English. And I was like, yes, that is true. So I'm just very excited. But now I'm going to take the time to turn it over to, to Wes and Victoria and Michael. I want to first start with um, Wes, and then I'll have you pass it on the mic on to Victoria. Since you're returning, why do you want to return? Well, you know, my stories kind of like what Tammy was saying that two years ago when Tim brought this to the church um, it was something that almost immediately you know this is something that I want to do that I can do that I feel called to do and it, it was a little bit like the the prophet Isaiah when uh, he heard the the voice of the Lord whom shall I send and who will go for us and Isaiah said here am I send me and this is something that you know I'm hopefully skilled in doing. Um, this is, you know, like Tim was saying, what, what Frank said, we do this on a, on a daily basis, and it's a need that is uh, very real. Um, and teaching the English side is a challenge because many of these would-be pastors know how to speak English, but they don't necessarily have the communication skills, the ability to write effectively what is expected in a, a college-level course, and that is what I do. You know, I my students write. I don't teach English. I teach history and government, but my students do a lot of writing, and so it when it comes to those writing skills, what they need to do to construct a good sentence, a good paragraph, an essay, that is what I do, and I think that we as Christians should do what we can with the skills that we have, and 
I'm going back because I can I have this opportunity and I have this ability and it's it's almost like I can't not go and I'll throw this out if anybody is thinking about it come talk to me you're not signing up to go a hundred times or anything like that if it's a one and done that's fine but this is a need that needs to be met and I'll be happy to answer any and all questions that you have and so I'll turn it over to Victoria um, so just like them when Tim put out the call um, I was like I need to go um, so some of my story leading up to it, um, as my mom said, like missions has always been an important thing in our family. I went on my first mission trip with Christ Church when I was in high school to Mexico, went on a couple, went on a string, was going, 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 and all of a sudden all the opportunities dried up, and I wasn't going. And then I felt called that I needed to go somewhere, and opportunity after opportunity came up, but the door got slammed in the process, and I was getting very discouraged, and was like, well... I guess that was a cool ride. I guess it's over now. Um, but in 2020, I graduated uh, from East Carolina University with my master's and then started looking for the job market in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, it's pretty impossible. When Tim put the call out, I was like, well, I guess this is it. This is the timing. Um, this is why I don't have a job yet. I'm supposed to go. So I went um, along the way. Um, just different things that are going on. Um, just different things that were going on in my life. It was like a tough time. Um, and forgiveness like was something that kept coming up for me. Um, so I'm sure most of you have heard Tim talk about the genocide that happened in 1994 um, between the Hutus and the Tutsis. And as part of us preparing to go, we, wa we watched a documentary, read a book, and the amount of forgiveness um, that the Tutsis had for the Hutus who were trying to just ex just wipe out their people was amazing and outstanding. And I'm like, if they can forgive, so can I. Um, and so forgiveness for different things that were going on and just seeing it and going over and talking with the people who like had survived this and everything, that was like just, I don't know, it's just crazy. Um, but teaching English and just helping them and seeing them want to learn and want to do it. And as they said, like, how can you not go when you have the ability, you have the time? I'm fortunate enough now to be in a job where I can go um, and do this. And so I'm going to continue to go as long as I can go. Um, but that being said, like, God's timing is always perfect. Um, and so, like, as he said, like, if you feel the call to go, it might not be now, it might be in the future, it might be the next time or the time after that. And like he said, like, it might be one trip, it might be you find it like us and you just keep going back. But just encourage you to just follow what God is showing you because God's timing is so perfect. And it's so wonderful. He will give you what you need when you need it. Um, and so that's why I'm going back. So I was asked to talk about my calling to go. Um, and I put some thought into it because I, I kind of had to challenge myself. Why am I going? What am I doing? It says Tim made the call, and my initial response was, you got the wrong number. Um, first time, first few times I heard this. It's kind of, it's kind of been my, 
I've never felt comfortable getting out of my comfort zone. I mean, I'm, I don't mind serving. I mean, you've seen me here practically every Sunday doing something. It's not the fact of serving. It's the fact of going away to serve someone else. I've, I've just really struggled with that. But at the beginning of this year, maybe after the last trip when they came home and talked about um, just how rewarding it was, it kind of the, the I finally had the uh, smarts to obey because I think someone had been working someone had been working on we all know who that is God's been working on me for a while but I just was like no not now no I'm busy no I can't do that and then it just kind of stopped I, I finally got obedient and just said okay it's time to do this think about Matthew 28 the Great Commission I think about Romans 12 where they talk about sacrifice and gifts of grace and the marks of a true Christian and I'm going over there like I, I'm the, I think I'm going to be the biggest student of all of this because I've never done anything like this before. Um, but I just feel it's the right thing to do. I feel, you know, I, I've had a lot of good natured jabs put my way when somebody says, you're going to teach English. <laughs> really? And if you knew where I came from in eastern Canada, that would make more sense to you. But but computers I'm comfortable with. I work with a computer every day and that's pretty straightforward. Um, but just talking, we went to dinner one night, myself and Lori, my wife, and Wes and Tammy, and we talked a little bit about what you know what's involved in getting this, getting this thing done. And, and it was just, it kind of told me then, you know, you're doing the right thing. So my calling to go is to serve. Um, these are folks, these are pastors who want to make disciples. I mean, clearly I'm not making a disciple in them per se, but hopefully through their work they will be making disciples. And those disciples in turn will make more disciples and um, I think that's really my calling to go is just to be obedient and to serve and to live out what's, what's written for us in Matthew 28 and Romans 12. Those are the, kind of the two things that I hang on to for why I'm doing this. And plus, I want a cool shirt like Wes got. So. Um, no, it's actually true. I like those shirts. <laughs> I want one. I want mine with a little more color. Um, and I'll just encourage you all, if you're, if you're feeling, if you hear that nagging voice, in your head that, you know, maybe you need to do this. Um, be in prayer about it. Take yourself out of the equation. Be obedient. Um, I know growing up we all, you better listen to me, boy. You probably heard that from your father or your mother. Or, and I finally, I've been hearing that from God all along. I just wouldn't listen or obey. And uh, I just encourage you to take yourself out of the equation. Be in prayer about it. Go into the scripture. Read Matthew 28. Read Romans 12. Think about why it is you you feel like your intention because someone's asking you to do something and you're not going to do it, or you feel like you shouldn't do it. Plus, I had no idea about what Rwanda will be like, and I've all I guess just being out in the wilderness in you know in different living conditions. I guess I've just been afraid. I'm just going to be transparent. I've just been afraid of but what that would mean for me. Um, but I've kind of put all that aside. I'm going to listen to my calling to go. We got the right number this time, too. So I'm, I'm happy. Uh, I think personally, too, one reason I'm called to go is I read that <clears throat> at, uh, Rwanda was one of the most Christian, and put that in air quotes, Christian nations in Africa prior to the genocide. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's Christianity there. Christianity there. And I think that's always fascinated me as to what happened. I'm not... I'm not enamored by the, the horrible, horrible things that went on over there, but just going to learn about what 
what led a quote-unquote Christian nation to get there? Like learning a little bit about that from the boots on the ground. I'm just fascinated by it and want to learn more. I've read the book and I've watched the documentaries that you recommended and very powerful. Um, but my, like I said, my suggestion to you all is just when you're called, at least listen. Don't tell them they got the wrong number right away. Listen up front. And eventually, I'm, I'm sure you'll come around to the idea of, yeah, it's time to go. Time to go and do what we're supposed to do as Christians. Get out of our comfort zone. Just like Peter getting out of the boat that night. And that's really, that's my calling to go. Just one other thing kind of on the recruitment pitch. You don't have to be a teacher. You don't have to be a trained educator to go. While many who have gone have been educators, many have not. And you, everything is done, the curriculum. You don't have to write anything. You just have to be willing to give a week or a week and a half of your time. And... I promise you one thing, you will never be the same again. Because of all the changes to Rwanda Challenge um, and the changing of the mission, that gave rise to Africa Hope initiatives. Because some of the ministries that Rwanda Challenge was doing, they had to shift their focus, and so now Africa Hope so is taking over some of those ministries. So I want to take this opportunity to introduce Jennifer Parker, who is the um, director of Africa Hope Initiatives. So I want to say one thing about Jennifer. I went with Jennifer on our first trip. Um, and let me tell you, Jennifer instantly fell in love with the people there. Um, the heart and the story that she has is amazing, and it once again shows that God's timing is perfect. Thank you. Wow. I was the mama bear and the most emotional on the team, so thank you for tolerating my emotion. <laughs> um, okay, so um, I may or may not stick to these slides because um, I just may take a, I may, my mind may be hijacked. Um, I was telling them in the shower this morning, I, God was almost just painting a different picture than what I had planned to say. Um, and I have to just share the analogy that popped into my mind this morning about um, this ministry and, and this team that I have um, that just fell into place um, in a way that only God could provide. Um, Candace Darden had this wonderful idea of um, putting this puzzle together and everybody could contribute to this um, puzzle and together we would make a completed project and this morning um, as I was praying Matt is actually in England right now so um, I was I woke up praying he flew overnight and I was just thanking God that he is safe and then God just spoke to me and said um, you are um, an incomplete puzzle Jennifer you are you are a work in progress, and I believe that the people, the nation of Rwanda is one piece of my puzzle, and um, I am closer to being complete. Um, so I just wanted to share that. My presentation is, you know, I've planned this whole thing out, and I've got pictures and slides and everything, but to me, I think the beauty of... Um, 
this organization that I'm now a part of is that I am just one piece of the puzzle, but together we can change so many lives. So, um, you know, my my journey began um, with some people in this room, November 2020. I was eager to go, and I loved every minute, um, and I apologize for being the mama bear, um, but uh, I was just only protecting my pastor when I told him, don't get too near the alligators. Just saying. Um, so, we have my pictures up here, but I can't see it here. So, um, but yeah, this is um, some pictures from our first team. Um, okay, so fast forward a little bit. Um, my first lesson to be learned was um, on forgiveness, and Victoria spoke about this, but um, the people of Rwanda are the most forgiving um, that I had ever witnessed before. Um, nearly a million people died as a result of the genocide in 94. And so going to see those memorials touched my heart. Um, and I promised my group of students there that I would never forget, that I would continue to share their story um, because their pain uh, is real. And the genocide affected every family in Rwanda, either your family was part of the killing or your family um, was affected because someone died or multiple family members died. And so for me, like Victoria said, if they can forgive, so can I. Um, the second lesson that I learned, um, and I may be going out of order, Cruz, um, but the second lesson was on faith. So I had planned to go last summer, last July, um, with the, some of the people that are going in May, actually with this team. Um, but due to COVID, we, um, the couple from Budapest, Hungary, and the girl from um, Houston, Texas, decided not to travel. And Frank... Um, decided not to travel, and Scott. Um, not that they were fearful and I was not, but um, they did not think that the, the government would allow groups, and they ended up being on lockdown when I was there. So we weren't able to do the original mission, um, but I went because I could not shake the feeling that it, I had to go. And luckily, my family supported that decision, and I went by myself for 25 days. And as a part of that experience, um, I was asked to be the U.S. Director of Africa Hope Initiatives with Bishop Theofel, as you saw before in this video. Um, but for me, this trip was the biggest step of faith that I've ever had to make. And so I learned faith and forgiveness um, as a part of this mission. So I was able to stay at the home of Bishop and um, just just live the life of, of Rwanda. And I loved it more and more and more. Every day I just felt like I was living my best life. I was back at home. 
I missed my family, but I never, ever, ever regretted um, taking this leap of faith, and um, it was beautiful. So I have made some lifelong friends on this journey uh, since 2020. I cannot remember my life before I knew these people. Um, my most favorite, favorite, favorite connection is Pastor Eric. I know I, I, every time I take the stage, I mention him, but he, this man has changed my life in so many ways. Um, he makes me better, and he um, teaches me to be faithful and to be thankful and and to trust in the Lord and his protection and provision. And um, I have to share this because this was not something that I was seeking. I technically was not trying to save the world. Um, I went with an open heart and an open mind. And even in after November, before I said goodbye I was ready to to come back I was already talking about my next trip and I felt like I needed to change one person's life and I remember talking to Travis and we we prayed about this and for me the person that I was meant to meet is Eric Sebatoire Um, he was in my group we did random assignments, but I know it was not random. Um, I remember when he walked into the church, and I remember telling Travis, oh, he's precious. I want him. And he was in my group, and we clicked. He shared with me his story and the fact that he and his eight children and his wife and his mother and his sister lived in a shack. Um, but he, he was always clean. He's always clean and well-dressed and manicured. And um, I knew that he had little, little. He had never seen a computer. And here we are trying to teach typing. And I mean, he had no concept of that. He is, um, he knows many languages, many, like, he probably knows 50 languages um, because there's so, there's like 486 languages in the Republic of Congo, which is where he was born. So he knows tribal languages and French and Swahili, and, and he's got such profound biblical knowledge, but he doesn't know English. And so I poured into him that week of teaching. And when I left, I told Travis, I'm going to give the, the rest of the money that I have, and I'm going to give it to him. And then I'm going to send um, $1,000 because I want to buy this man his own computer. And I want to buy him, um, you know, some basic supplies that he needs. And I remember coming home from that first trip and we have talked ever since, every day. Um, there are a handful of days that we haven't spoken because he's missed connection. The internet there is very unreliable. Um, but 
I have such a strong connection with this man and his children, and they love me, and they call me aunt, and this family is my purpose. Um, I, I called Matt that first time, and I said, what can we do? I've got, I've got to save this man from poverty. I, he has captivated my soul. He is my brother. He is the family that I, my family dynamics were challenging, and um, God provided these people to complete my puzzle. Um, so the story is beautiful. It is real. It is pure. It is beautiful to my soul, and um, as part of in, in partnership with Africa Hope Initiatives, my family was actually able to purchase a new home for Eric and his family. Um, I say this not to pat myself on the back. Um, Matt doesn't know that I'm sharing, and um, it is not about me. It is about seeking ways that I could impact a life. And where there were 20 people sharing an outdoor toilet, which is basically a hole in the ground, to them having their own home um, with running water and an indoor toilet and bedrooms that can hold a, a bed um, to where they're not sleeping on the living room floor. That is why I needed to be there my first trip. So going in July and seeing the joy that this family now has, that they now, this is one less thing that they have to worry about, is how to pay for their home. It is, the problem is finished. And um, it, that, is, that is what I needed to do. It is not about me. It is not me. Um, our family has also been able to really help. Um, I mean, we heard so blessed. We are tremendously blessed. Everyone in this room is blessed in ways that we don't even recognize. But we've been working hard to um, complete Eric's church building. And I beg you, if you can pray for this project to be completed, we thought we were finished. And we were rejoicing. And then a few days later, Theophil messaged me and said, the government has new recommendations, requirements for uh, the ceiling has to be soundproof. No one wants to hear the music outside the building. So when I go back in July, um, I'm going to be praying in that space and asking for partnership so that we can finish. We're going to have the building open but we will not be able to have music and, and live worship, which I'm grateful that the people there can go and worship. Um, but when I go in July, um, and the, my third thing that I learned, sorry, is friends become family. 
So I touched on that, but Chris, I'm all over the place. I'm sorry. Um, but anyway, when I go in July, I will be going to Gisenyi, which is near the border of Rwanda and Congo, DRC Congo. And I will be giving out um, emergency supplies, food, um, bedding for the hurricane, not hurricane, earthquake victims. I don't know why I just said hurricane. They don't have hurricanes, y'all. <laughs> but um, the earthquake victims so um, from the volcano. So I'm really excited about that. And I think I'm most excited about partnering with these women. We're going to expand their microloan project to where um, these groups of women can come together and start a small business. I have ideas in my head that are just twirling around and I'm so excited we're gonna I think start a jewelry business and I'm thinking about even um, getting these women some chickens and starting eggs um, so that they can go to the market and sell eggs which is not something that they're currently doing now now they're growing um, fruits and vegetables they will lease a property and um, they are going to the markets to sell these things um, to provide for themselves. So um, please join me in prayer. Um, if you would like to partner with this nonprofit that I have started here in the U.S., reach out to me. There are many, many, many needs. And I share this with you today because it is my passion. It is why I am here. I believe that this is my everything. Um, if I could quit my job today, I'd sell everything and move to Rwanda. So pray one day I can get Matt Parker on board with that. Um, and he's not here, so I can say that. But um, these people stole my heart. So please pray for me. I'm going for 24 days in July and pray for my family when they're here without me. Um, but I am so super, 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 super pumped. And I, I'm already envisioning next year, we're expanding it to Uganda because I really want to go to see Uganda as well. So um, thank you guys. I probably talked too much, Tim. I'm sorry. But hey, to my friends in Rwanda, they're actually watching on Facebook Live. So love you. <laughs>